This show is a part of the podcast network of the Walled Garden Philosophical Society, an international community of philosophers and seekers dedicated to the pursuit of truth, wisdom, virtue, and the divine, wherever they may be found. To find out more, go to thewalledgarden.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Soul Searching with Seneca. Now today I'm going to be focusing on the first couple of verses of letter number 16. And you should know that I've actually done a deep dive into this entire letter with Steve Carafit from uh, from the Sunday Stoic podcast. And so you can find that on my podcast, The Practical Stoic. We can find that on YouTube. Uh, and so if you do want that deep dive into the entire letter, awesome, go listen to that. I had a great conversation with him. However, I just love this letter and I'd like to go through again because the lessons within this letter, you know, you can never remind yourself of them too often. Uh, And so uh, I'm going to go through again and we're going to start with just the first couple of verses uh, of this letter number 16 on philosophy, the guide of life. So I'll read these two verses and we'll see where we find ourselves. He says, quote, It is clear to you, I'm sure, Lucilius, that no man can live a happy life, or even a supportable life, without the study of wisdom. You know also that a happy life is reached when our wisdom is brought to completion, but that life is at least endurable when our wisdom is only begun. This idea, however, clear though it is, must be strengthened and implanted more deeply by daily reflection. It is more important for you to keep the resolutions you have already made than to go on and make noble ones. You must persevere, must develop new strength by a continuous study, until that which is only a good inclination becomes a good settled purpose. Hence, you no longer need to come to me with much talk and protestations. I know that you have made great progress. I understand the feelings which prompt your words. They are not feigned or specious words. Nevertheless, I shall tell you what I think, that at present I have hopes for you, but not yet perfect trust, and I wish that you would adopt the same attitude towards yourself. There is no reason why you should put confidence in yourself too quickly and readily. Examine yourself, scrutinize and observe yourself in divers' ways, but... Mark before else whether it is philosophy or merely in life itself that you have made progress. End quote. All right, so Seneca makes some really important points in these couple of verses, and I want to go back to the very start where he kind of makes that proposition, right, which is that no man can live a happy life or even a supportable life without the study of wisdom. And you know, this is a really tough one to talk about because it's it's kind of a wild proposition, right? It's like nobody can live a happy life unless they study wisdom or unless they have wisdom. And I've been thinking about how I would talk about this idea because a lot of people might say, okay, well, how do you know? How do you know that I'm not perfectly satisfied and contented with my life, even though I've never, you know, studied wisdom in my life? And and I, I don't know 
if that's true for them. I don't know how, uh, how, how much flourishing they experience in their life, how much joy they experience in their life. And I can only speak from experience, having studied philosophy and wisdom for, for quite some time now, I can only speak from experience and say that I have certainly seen uh, incredible results in my life in terms of the way that I feel, in terms of the way that I see the world around me, and in terms of the way that I experience life. Uh, I have experienced massive differences from when I had not, you know, started my study of these topics to when I have, you know, now a few years in, uh, spent a good deal of time diving deep into them. And I know the difference that I've seen in my own life, but I don't, I don't know if you can necessarily convince somebody of that unless they're willing to get in there and get dirty and start studying and start uh, really trying to figure out these answers for themselves. I think that this is something that you have to experience for yourself before you understand it, uh, not be convinced uh, that it is true. And even if you were convinced that it would be true, that still makes no difference because you still need to get in there and do the work, right? But one thing that I have been thinking about is I think we need to link this idea to something that Heraclitus said, Heraclitus, the pre-Socratic philosopher who very much influenced Stoicism uh, and many other philosophies. But one of the things that he talked about, and we're all very familiar with this sentiment, is is that uh, life is kind of like a river and the river is always changing and you are always changing. Uh, right, And so the river that you step in now is different now and now it's different again and now it's different again. And this idea kind of relates to uh, the the kind of the kind of lot that we are dealt in our lives, right? Because the world is constantly changing around us. It is always in a state of flux, right? And so are you. You know, you think about who you were yesterday and the day before, and then the year before, and ten years before. You know, we are constantly changing. And uh, as we get older, we go into different seasons of our lives, right? So there's things that relate between all of humanity, but also there's the individual nature of each individual individual person, right? And so uh, we are always in this state of flux and, and wisdom, you know, true wisdom is the thing that allows you to find firm footing, a firm foundation and a straight and narrow path amidst the chaos and the flux of life, right? When everything is changing around us, what is the thing that we can grab onto and find uh, a sustaining help and guidance throughout this flux of life? That is wisdom. And so you can see how if you studied wisdom and if you if you really understood what wisdom is and what it means to be wise, then you would have an understanding of, of how to flourish amid a world and, and, a, and a person who you are who is constantly in that state of flux and change. And that is absolutely invaluable knowledge. And that's what philosophy is. It is being a lover of wisdom. It's, it's a seeker of wisdom, right? That stuff that is in common among all things that can allow you to find that firm footing, that firm foundation in your life, something which you can actually rely upon no matter what changes in your life. And so going back to the text, Seneca gives another interesting idea here where he says that you know also that a happy life is reached when our wisdom is brought to completion, but life is 
at least endurable when our wisdom is only begun. So there's another kind of crazy proposition, right? Which is that your wisdom can be brought to completion, that there's almost a destination that you arrive at when you're studying wisdom, uh, where you have gained a true understanding. And it's almost as if there's a key, right? You need to grab that key. And once you have that key, you can open the doors that you need to in order to gain the wisdom that you need at any one moment. But you need to get to that point. That's what we're all aiming at is getting to that destination of being wise. And, and that's, a, that's a really interesting idea that we could think about for a very long time. But, uh, you know, I, I also think about something else that Heraclitus said here. When he, he said that the, the oneness of all wisdom can be known under the name of God, right? And so that's, that's another really interesting idea here that potentially what we're aiming at here uh, when it comes to true Uh, wisdom is to arrive at this place where we identify ourselves with the biggest possible thing that that we are a part of. You know, we can think about the kind of stoic idea of the kind of hierarchical nature, the the, the web of, of the cosmos, right, where everything relates to each other and everything serves something higher and is served by something lower, right? And, uh, and, and this, is, this all relates to this idea of us living within this cosmos where we are trying to figure out how can we gain not just the wisdom of a person, but the wisdom of the cosmos that we are a part of. And, and that's that kind of feeling of being at home within the world that you're living in, within the cosmos that we are a part of, because you know that you are a part of this giant thing that is just happening all around you and that you too, like everything else that flourishes on this earth, you too have access to the understanding and the wisdom of the whole, right? And so I know that I'm only skimming the surface of all of these giant ideas that deserve hours upon hours of, of analysis and, and, and proper discovery, but uh, I'm really excited to continue bringing these ideas up as we go through these letters because uh, you know, Seneca was highly influenced by by uh, Heraclitus, and uh, and we do find those influences coming through in terms of that destination of wisdom, the oneness of all wisdom being known as whether it's universal reason, whether it's the cosmos, whether it's God, you know, whether it's the world soul. It's you know, it doesn't matter what you call it. Ultimately, it's it's we're trying to find our way to the wisdom of the whole of the biggest thing that we are a part of. And that's a, that's a, a hero's journey, if anything. So anyway, Seneca goes on to say that this idea, however clear though it is, must be strengthened and implanted more deeply by daily reflection. It is more important for you to keep the resolutions you have already made than to go on and make noble ones. You must persevere, must develop new strength by continuous study, until that which is only a good inclination becomes a good settled purpose. And this is another kind of idea that I can really only give my personal experience for and and, and ask you to take that same kind of path, right? Because it is 
certainly has been the case for me that what started with a basic interest in these books, in these philosophers, right, a basic inclination towards gaining a little bit of a deeper wisdom uh, for my life, you know, as I have gone deeper and deeper and as I have dedicated myself more to this study, it has solidified within me, you know, as, as, as a true purpose for my life to try and gain deeper wisdom constantly and, uh, and, and you can almost, you know, you can almost get addicted to it, right? It's like you start to see uh, just how amazing these changes can be when yesterday you saw the world in one way and then a new, a new set of words, a new sentence, a new paragraph switched on a light in your mind, right? And now you see the world in a completely new light and a new part of the, uh, of the, uh, uh, the, the structure of the world that we live in, I guess, is, is revealed to to you, you know, when you start to see that progress, then it does solidify. It becomes a true purpose for you to to really that that will motivate you to keep on going, even when you feel as though uh, you're seeing little progress. You know, you need to get to that point where what was once just an inclination to pick up a book becomes a solid uh, and, and and more perfected. Uh, I, I guess, embrace of this study of philosophy so that it becomes something that you truly desire uh, to continue. And when it gets to that point, man, it is it is wonderful, you know, because then everything that you do relates to what you've been learning. That's certainly one of the things that I've found, right, is that uh, where once, you know, philosophy to me meant sitting down and reading a book about philosophy. Uh, now philosophy is simply the, the process that I engage in as I do everything in my life. You know, when I'm playing piano, I'm practicing philosophy because I'm thinking about what I'm doing and I'm thinking, you know, about the wisdom that I can gain and that I can use in that pursuit. When I'm climbing mountains, you know, when I'm coaching my clients, when I'm doing this podcast, uh, you know, everything that I do in my life, I now have that lens through which to look at these things that is the lens of philosophy and the things that I've learned here. And so that really, you know, when it becomes an all-pervading kind of purpose for you, uh, it's a beautiful thing, and and it and it truly is. Uh, it, it feels as though it is uh, something close to flourishing in life because you can always call upon that wisdom, because there is no doing philosophy now and doing other things later. It is everything relates to your study of philosophy, which is wisdom. So anyway, after that long rant, we'll dive back in. He says, uh, Hence, you no longer need to come to me with much talk and protestations. I know that you have made great progress. I understand the feelings which prompt your words. They are not fiend and specious words. Nevertheless, I shall tell you what I think, that at present I have hopes for you, but not yet perfect trust. And I wish that you would adopt the same attitude towards yourself. There is no reason why you should put confidence in yourself too quickly and readily. Examine yourself, scrutinize and observe yourself, but mark before all else, whether it is philosophy or merely in life itself, that you have made progress. So that last line, he's basically saying, listen, 
Have you made progress in your understanding of wisdom? Do you have greater wisdom or are you just getting on with years? Are you just getting the the natural slow burn of wisdom that comes with growing old, right? Because they are two very different things. But the way you do that is, you know, you try to avoid getting too confident in yourself at any stage in your journey uh, to discovering wisdom, right? And, and it is just great advice, right? It's basically saying, don't get too prideful. Don't imagine that you have arrived at this destination uh, before you have sufficient proof that you have, you know, gained that deeper wisdom. And look, Seneca, this is he's writing this towards the end of his life, and he's writing this to himself. And he's saying this to himself while he's at the end of his life when, you know, surely he would have arrived at this wisdom by now. But no, he's saying, listen, uh, you need to be careful and you need to not get too confident in yourself because that's only going to stop you from seeing wisdom that you could gain. You know, if you believe that you have already arrived, then you're not going to see the lessons that you need to learn that you could learn that would be good for you to learn, right? Because you have that prideful attitude of, you know, you know what, I've done it, I'm here, I'm, I'm, I'm already wise. And so this is just good advice to remember that on your, you know, on your journey of studying philosophy, of, of, of studying wisdom, of gaining wisdom, you need to always have that little thought in your mind that says, maybe I'm not quite there. <laughs> maybe I'm, I haven't quite arrived yet. Uh, and, and I think that we actually need to mention again, as I always do, Epictetus's great advice for personal growth, which is self-scrutiny but also self-kindness. I think that those two together, right, are the perfect combination for really making great progress in, in your own uh, philosophical development, right? Because you're going to scrutinize yourself and you're going to, you know, not be too prideful, not be too confident in yourself that, that you have arrived at this destination, right? Because you're watching yourself and you're actually paying attention. But at the same time, you recognize that, listen, you can't spend your entire life picking at every part of yourself, scrutinizing every part of yourself, thinking that you're completely imperfect. And you need to recognize that perfection is, in fact, an imperfect goal. You know, it is an imperfect aim to have in your life because perfection does not exist. But progress, daily progress, little by little you know, that is the goal. That is the aim to continue to chip away at our development so that at the end, we can look back and see how far we've come. And, you know, I like what Zeno, the, the founder of Stoicism said, he said that, you know, progress is made little by little, but it's no little thing in itself. And that is the true progress that we are after, that little bit every single day, that little step forward. And, uh, and this is probably a good place to end this episode. And I think that the ultimate thing that I want you to take away from this episode is, you know, if you've got that inclination towards studying philosophy, if you've got that good inclination that's drawing you to gaining a deeper wisdom in life, keep on going, keep on going until it does become a true purpose for you, until you see those differences in your life. You know, life is, you know, it's an ocean that we are thrown into from birth. And philosophy is the thing that teaches us to swim. Wisdom is learning how to swim. And, uh, and you don't get there by just sitting there and doing nothing. You have to get in, you have to get dirty, and you have to start practicing and, uh, and, and learning this wisdom in your life. And uh, so I'm going to leave it there. I hope that you've taken away a few lessons from this episode, and I'll talk to you next time. 